Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to open our Bibles today. I, I thought tonight in our Bible study that I would just continue my my Bible study, what I do with my children in our devotion time. Uh, we've recently crossed the Jordan River in our devotion, the ones we do either in the mornings or in the evenings, whichever time permits in our schedule um, on specific days. But uh, we've already crossed the Jordan River, and uh, we're going to talk about Gideon tonight. But before we do, I'm just going to interact with my kids a little bit, just have a little bit of review and do you all remember when they came, Joshua, and uh, brought the children of Israel across the Jordan River? Do you remember how they crossed the Jordan River? Finn, did they cross in a boat? They didn't, did they? Do you remember how they crossed? You don't remember? Do any of you remember how they crossed the Jordan River? Jillian? The water stopped flowing, right? And they walked across on, was the ground wet or was it dry? It was dry, but before they got to the other side, what did the Lord tell them to do with the stones? Do you remember? Yeah, to, pile them up for to pile them up and make an altar, a memorial, because he didn't want them to forget what he had done here. And do you remember before I said when they crossed the Red Sea? You remember when they crossed the Red Sea? <laughs> the giggles had begun tonight. But when they crossed the Red Sea, in less than two months, they forgot the works of God. And when they're crossing with Joshua this time, he said, I don't want you to cross until you build me a memorial. Why? Sawyer, so your children's, so your children's children would say, what mean these stones? And he said, well, have we never told you? When we were coming to the promised land that God parted the waters. And in our Bible study, I taught you that what God had done for my generation, he can do for. And if you'd read in Joshua 1 8, it's not our Bible study tonight, we're just doing review as we would in every devotion. This is the Joshua 1 8. He said, Be strong and what? And courageous. That's right. Be strong and courageous. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And if you will follow my word, if you have your Bibles, you follow my word, he said, You will have great success. That's right. Jillian remembered it. Great success. If you'll stay in my word and follow my word, you're going to have great success. God doesn't want us ever to forget uh, the things he's done for us. And sometimes he allows things in your life to be done to show his power in your life. So when I was born, I was born with critical feet, wasn't I? But what did God do for me? He healed me. And it has shown the power of my God in my life that what he's done for me, he can do he can do for others. And so, uh, but we go through here, we, we, we come out of the book of Joshua, we get into the book of Judges, and there's, there's uh, all these judges in the book of Judges, but the one we're going to discuss tonight from the book of Judges is the judge Gideon. And we're going to learn some things about him to, uh, today. Any of you, do you, before we start, do you have anything that you remember? Because we haven't discussed Gideon through this year, but... Any of you know anything about Gideon that you remember? Huh? Do you remember anything about Gideon? Yeah. And uh, you don't remember that? All right. 
So that's why we're doing this, is we want to teach. I want them to hear every Bible story to all the parents watching. I want you, I want my kids to hear every Bible story from me, everything that we believe as apostolic believers. I want them to hear what I believe directly from my mouth, not just our children's department, but I want them to hear it from me. So in the book of Judges, chapter 6, what happened is the Amorites, children of Israel, were under bondage. And in Judges chapter 6 uh, and, and verse uh, 10, where we're going to read from, but the children of Israel were tired of planting, thin. They would plant a garden like we do, and somebody else would come and get it. Wouldn't that be terrible? Every year that we would plant a garden, and the enemy would come in and take the green beans we planted this year. And I know you'd be mad if they came and took your watermelon you have grown up there. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, I see the evil eye you're giving. But every year they plant, and the Amorites would come in and take the wheat and the barley and the corn. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. And what happened is they started praying that God was sending them a deliverer. So he sent them a prophet. And then after the prophet saw her, he sent them an angel. And look at verse 10. Let's read it. Julian? And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, and those lands which are in the He said, He said, Don't fear the gods of the Amorites and whom land you, but ye have you haven't obeyed my voice. And look what it says in verse eleven, Lakin. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an Ophrah, that pertained to Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon threshed meat by the winepress to hide it from the <laughs> <laughs> And so and so what happened is is that Gideon was hiding the wheat that they would thresh out. He was sick and tired, Sawyer, of the enemy coming and taking what they've been laboring for. So he stepped out and he hid the wheat. And he started threshing wheat and hiding it. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came to Gideon. You know why? Because Gideon was protecting the harvest. And God is always looking for somebody to use. And I want you all to know that. God's always looking for somebody to use in a generation. I mean, if God would look out of heaven, there wants to, he wants to bring a revival to a certain missions field, a revival to Zanesville, a revival. He's looking for somebody that is protecting what belongs to the kingdom. And how can we protect that? He, did it, he didn't do it while people were looking. I know one young man had become a pastor of the church, and I remember he would... When everybody else is dismissed from service, you know what he would do? When everybody else is running to the restaurant, I would hear him and find him behind the baptismal tank praying. I would find him in the Sunday school room praying. When everybody else is gone, what was he doing? He was trying to get a hold of what God was doing. And God looked out and he saw that Gideon was, was threshing wheat and hiding the wheat, protecting what belonged to them. And, and Gillian... I wouldn't ever uh, want you to just treat this as if anything. But what if you started protecting the doctrine by memorizing the scripture? You, you want to protect the church by praying for the congregation. And God's looking for somebody to use that in private will begin to protect what is valuable to the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so... She, she said that the angel came down. He was in the wine press. Sawyer, verse 12, says, And the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and 
He said, the angel told him, I mean, how about that type of compliment? The Lord is with you, thou mighty man of valor. Phil, would you like to hear that? An angel say, you are a mighty man. I know what you do. You'd be doing one of these numbers, wouldn't you? Huh? Thou mighty man of valor. And he said, I want you to, to go uh, deliver my people out. I want to use you, Gideon, to, live, to deliver my people out of the uh, bondage of the Amorites. And uh, so he made, this, he made this dinner for the angel. Here's a neat story. Gideon is talking to an angel. Can you imagine that? He's having a conversation with the angel of the Lord. And he, he builds him. He makes him this meal. And uh, he lays it on, on, the, on the stone. And in the fire, the fire consumed it. And the angel disappeared in the flame. Just like that. Can you imagine experiencing that? That you lay the meal for the angel to eat on the stone. And, it, and a fire came. And when that fire came, the angel disappeared right in that flame. Do you believe that angels still exist? We've told about yours before. But I know that Brother Nathaniel Urshan, the former United Pentecostal Church superintendent, he was driving down the road one day. And while he was driving down the road, he picked up a man that, that was hitchhiking and needed a ride. And that man got in that car. And when he got in that car, uh, that man began to give him direction for his life. For his life. And that man said, you can let me out here. And he let him out there and he turned around. And looked all around, that man had disappeared. It was an angel of the Lord, and he left his staff in his car. But it was an angel of the Lord that gave him direction for his life. You have to realize in the kingdom, uh, Lakin, that, that the Bible says, be careful lest you entertain angels unaware. You never know how God's going to speak to you through an angel of the Lord that might look like a common man at the moment. Over the years, I've heard of these stories. I've seen one angel. I've seen the angel of the Lord that was sent to you to bring healing to you. But God has direction, Sawyer, for your life. I remember one time you were kneeling at the altar at the church. I came by, and the Lord began to speak to me about how he wanted to use to, to use you, how, how he wants to use you. But somewhere, the Lord's going to send a word to begin to speak into your life and the direction that he's going to have in your life. Phil, would you like to have an angel of the Lord to come to your life? Hey, honey. Hey. We're talking about Gideon tonight. And right now we're just talking about how the angel disappeared in the flame. And, and, uh, and so let's move on. After Gideon saw the angel of the Lord and disappeared, even though Gideon was told by God, by the angel, that God was going to use him. Y'all paying attention? Huh? All right, listen to me. Uh, look what it says in, in Judges chapter 6, all right? Judges chapter 6 and verse 36. Julie, would you like to read that? And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast sent me. Gideon said unto the Lord, if thou, if thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, what did he want me to do? I'll watch what he wants him to do. Look at verse 37. Go ahead. Go ahead and read it. Yeah. Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, let it be dry from all the earth beside. 
Um, sorry if you will, get me the, the right off the end of the counter right there. And so if you can see this, he took a fleece, he, he took a fleece and he laid it out on the ground like this. And he said, Lord, if it's your will, if it's your will for me to, to be the deliverer of Israel, then in the morning, I'm going to lay this fleece out on the ground. When I, when I get up in the morning, let the ground be dry, but let the fleece be wet with dew. You know, I mean, let's be honest here for a minute. If an angel said you're a mighty man of God, a mighty man of valor, the Lord wants, and he disappeared flame, don't you think that would be good enough? <laughs> don't you think? But you know what? I'm thinking all of us, we're like, me? You know, God doesn't choose, God doesn't choose what you think would, uh, you know, the Bible says not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And so God, when he calls a person, I remember in school, I remember in school, Finn, that, that uh, you know, standing there and teacher point like this in class. And when they would, I'd always look behind me and sit there pointing to somebody else. You know what I mean? Have you ever done that? Anybody watch the line? Have you ever had that done? And then, no, they're like, you, me? And that's sort of what Gideon was doing. Me? Hold on a minute. You want to use me? And God was validating, yes, you are a mighty, sorry, you are a mighty man of valor. And what you, but it wasn't good enough because he had this insecurity in him that he said later, he said, Lord, I'm going to lay this fleece out, let it be wet, let the ground be dry. The next morning he goes out, he feels, he feels the ground, it's dry everywhere, but when he puts his hand on there, it's soaking wet. And the scripture says he takes it to the bowl and he could wring the water out of that. And it was a sign to him that, yes, I am going to use you. Was that good enough for Gideon? You weren't good enough for Gideon. Read on. Look what it says. Jillian, just continue reading. Yeah? And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, and Barak the fleece together, and ran to the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. Alright, a bowl full of water. And go ahead. Lay can read the next part. Yeah. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece and upon all the ground I fear to do. So the next time, uh, uh, here Gideon, you're going to be Gideon over here. Sorry, come here. Grab this. Lay that out on the ground. Lay that out on the ground, all right? He lays it out on the ground. And, and he said, Lord, let the ground be wet. And let the fleece be dry. That's what he said. Let the ground be wet, but let the fleece be dry. And the next morning he gets up, the ground is soaking wet. And, uh, and look what it says. Verse 40. Go ahead, Lake. I'm sorry. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. There was, so he gets up, sorry, he checks it, and the ground is wet, but the fleece is dry. And here again, Gideon was questioning what? Are you sure you want to use me? And I think that's the call of God sometimes. I can't tell you how many people over the years that a pastor had said, well, I really do believe there's a call of God on my life, but 
I just don't know if I can do that. That was Gideon trying to see if it was really him that could do this. And so God eventually convinced him. There was like five things that Gideon did, if you really studied it out, and I'm going to give it all of them tonight. But like five things he did to see if he was really the man that God said that he was, that he was going to bring deliverance to Israel. I think Gideon wanted it there to be deliverance. Do I have any questions on this right now? Does it make sense? Huh? Does it make sense? It's pretty clear. What do you think? Sorry or offend? Do you have any questions? Um, and so what happens is Gideon goes out. This is a great story. I'm not going to get all the details, but just touch the, touch the basis of it. But God tells him to go recruit an army and to go against the Amorites. And he does. Y'all know how many were in his army? Anybody know? Originally? 32,000. 32,000 people were in his army. And God said, this is too many. This is too many. You've got too many in there. You know, you, you get ready to fight a battle. There's no such thing as too many. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's too many. He said, there's too many. He said, the glory's going to go to the wrong place. He said, tell everybody that's scared. He said, tell everybody that's scared, man. He said, tell them to go on. You know what? 22,000 people left. 22,000 people left. It makes you wonder why they were in bondage so long. Maybe it was because there were so many fearful people. Because as I've taught, you can't have fear and faith. The only place in Scripture, Sawyer, where the Bible says they had no faith, he said, why are you so fearful? These people were in fear of the Amorites. And what did the angel tell uh, in that verse that I read in chapter 6? And I think it was verse uh, 10. Fear not the gods of the Amorites. I want everybody watching online to take a minute in your home and say, fear not. Fear not. I want maybe maybe type it in on the Bible study right there. I want you to put there, fear not. Fear not. There was a moment in my ministry, I was absolutely terrified one time. I was getting ready to go to Cam Cambridge and just circumstances. I had fear to come up on me. And I was afraid because of decision making where I was. And Sister Annie Brown was praying for me. She didn't even know what I was going through. But she sent me a message, the verse from Isaiah, that says, Fear not, for behold, I am with thee. Is God with us? And with God, what? All things are... I want you to say it. With God. I want you to say, with God. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> That's right. And so what happens is, <laughs> he... Gideon, 32,000 people. Now he's down to 10,000. And the Lord said to them, He said, go down to the brook. Go down to the brook and get something to drink. When they went down there, everybody down there, He said, that lap, put their face in the water and drank water straight out. Like the, their mouth is, is to the stream. He said, tell them to go home. Everybody that got on their hands and knees and put their mouth to the stream, he said, tell them to go home. But if they did like this, Finn, get on your knees with Daddy. If they did like this, if they reached down, now get, get down to the stream beside you. Get down the stream. Are you ready? The stream's over here. And you dip, dip water like this. You're out in the stream right now, I think. But dip down in the stream. Are you ready? Take your hand. Take your hand. You dip it in. You hold it up. Hold it up to your mouth. Hold it up. And then, <laughs> and then you drink it. 
You drink it like this, take a scoop of water and drink it. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're alert. You're looking around. God said, I don't want anybody on the team that's so, so uh, consumed with what they want that they're not aware with what's around them. Does that make sense? Some people are so consumed with what they want, they're never a benefit to the kingdom of God. That's why we fasted for the last 24 hours. And I'm so glad we ate dinner just a little bit ago. Anybody happy about that? Lincoln made homemade pizzas, bless God. But, but you cannot be consumed with self and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. You hear that, sir? You can't be consumed with you and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. What do you have to do? You have to become consumed with what He's wanting. Are y'all listening to me? Huh? And Gideon, Gideon, God said, tell everybody that got on their hands and knees. The Bible says to be sober and to be vigilant. Why? Because you have an adversary, the devil. That's why the Bible says fasting and prayer is necessary. What does fasting help us do? Anybody? Huh? You don't know. Oh. What does fasting do for us, Lakey? Him more aware of spiritual things. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, or he can increase. He must increase. In 2 Chronicles 7 14, anybody know that? What does it say? If my people, which are called by my. So, how do you humble yourself? That means to decrease yourself. Not my will. Fasting causes you to become aware and less consumed. Don't do that anymore. And less consumed with yourself. Out of 10,000, does anybody know the number and how many left? Ninety-seven hundred people had to go home. He was left with an army of three hundred people. Out of thirty-two thousand people, and the Lord cleared out, he cleared out the fearful and he cleared out the self-consumed. I'm going to tell you right now, God's not going to use a self-consumed person. It's all about what they want. It's all about how they look. It's all about what they need. They'll take the kingdom and they will try to benefit themselves out of it instead of what? Benefiting the kingdom. Instead of doing the will of Him that sent me, they will go to do their own will. And there's no room in the kingdom of God for that. That's why you've got to fast to make sure I'm disciplined. Disciple and discipline sounds a whole lot alike. So Gideon, can you imagine? Hold on a minute, Jesus. Hold on. Hold on a second. How am I going to fight? You know, you said you were going to use me and I had a large army to do this with and now I've got 300 people left. What are you trying to do to me? Trying to kill me? <laughs> Gideon, I said I was going to use you, but I didn't say I was going to do it the way the Amorites do it. I didn't say I was going to fight this battle the way everybody else fights it. You see, he doesn't win. The Bible says the battle's not to the swift or it's not to the strong. Who's it to? It's to the faithful. And, and, and he, he doesn't win by many or by few. God's not judged in his power if, if one can put a thousand flat. The Bible says, Finn, that two could put ten thousand flat. And all God needs is a few that will be in unity with the same purpose and the same heart, and there's no limitation. 
No limitations what God can do in Zanesville if we wouldn't be fearful and we wouldn't be self-consumed. I hope y'all feel what I'm teaching right now to my family because this is exactly how we do our devotions is to be not self-consumed and to, to deny ourselves. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, he is to what? He's to deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We can talk about being used of God, but can we talk about self-denial? 300, that's all there is. 300, that's all there is. But guess what? Gideon, with 300, went out to the battle. And the Lord said, oh, by the way, I don't want you to take any swords. I want you to take pitchers, pitchers with lamps in them, and I want you to take trumpets. Hold on a minute. I thought we are going to war. Yeah, you are, but you're not fighting a war like everybody else fights. I will tell you that if we would learn as a family the power of fighting things that are against us through the way God wants us to fight it. There was great victory that happened in our prayer meeting Sunday night. If you'll remember, it was while we were praying and praising God. One battle in the scripture, they just started singing. And when they did, the Lord sent the angels to fight the battles for them. Remember down the valley of the, of the Amalekites and Moses back in that first battle? That the Bible says as long as Moses' hands were lifted, what happened? They had victory. Why? Because something's fighting for us that's beyond us. History, and, and uh, Jill, I know you like history a little bit, Lakin, but history in the Six-Day War with the Jews where Israel became a nation, guess what? There were visible angels that were seen fighting the battle back in uh, 72 years ago in the Six-Day War. They saw angels fighting the battle. God sends angels to fight our battles. And he's saying, Gideon, all I need is a willing vessel. I don't need somebody great with military. I just need somebody that will listen to me and that will follow my follow my voice. And so Gideon leads them out there and when the Lord gave the cue, they took the trumpets and they broke the pitchers and, and they blew those trumpets and they held those pitchers and in the mountains it looked they could see the enemy, the the Amorites to see the lights up in the mountains and they heard the sound of the trumpets and they thought that there was a great mighty army coming after them when it was only 300 men and guess what they conquered the Amorites they got out of bondage because Gideon thought that he was good with the sword but he was humble before God enough to do whatever God wanted him to do he fleeced God as we all do I think at some point but what Gideon did, Gideon learned that my strength is not going to come from my ability to fight. It's going to be from my ability to obey. Ability to obey. I think that's why the Bible says, Honor your father and your mother, and your days shall be long on the earth. Because even though you're, you know, you're 16, you're, you're at the other end of this now. Finn's at the beginning of this, you know, of this obeying, obeying the parents. But why is it? Because if you can learn to clean your room, you can learn to do your chores, you learn to be obedient in those things, and what happens is, God looks out of heaven and sees that you're willing to be obedient. He says if they can be obedient to their parents, <laughs> throw that in there. Why don't you teach this sermon right now? No, it is the little things. You 
see people that want to do great things for God. I remember my husband tells a story that he was scheduled to preach a revival. I think he was 16 maybe. Yeah. A young evangelist, and he was starting to preach youth events. And his dad told him, I'm going to make you call and cancel the youth rally on Friday or the revival, whatever it is, because if you can't obey me and keep your room clean, then how can you preach um, an event? Because if you can't be submitted to your parents and to the rules they have, then how can you have authority? And I remember that, and it's it's a great lesson to learn. I'm sure hard to learn sometimes for kids, but uh, it's true. We want to be used. I think children of all ages can be used, but it is important to be obedient to your parents. You know, I think uh, I think the Jesus said I must be about my father's business. Uh, Saul was looking for his father's donkeys when God sent Samuel to call him to be the king. David, David was obeying his father and taking his brothers something to uh, eat and also uh, was taking care of his father's sheep when God called him to be used. And in this, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. I've seen people that can fast a week but couldn't obey spiritual authority. Which one's better? A week of fasting or simple disciplines of obedience to the Word of God? I've seen people that could give a great amount of money to the church but they couldn't follow Obedience. Can God use somebody because they just give a lot of money? No, it doesn't mean anything to God if they can't be obedient. And all the fleece has been laid showed the insecurity of a humble man. But when it come down to it, God knew he was mighty. Not because of the size of his muscles. Not because of his ability to swing the sword. But his ability to what? Obey. Obey. I mean, you don't, you don't show up at a, at a sword fight with, with toothpick. You just don't do it. You know, with a trumpet, you don't do it. But he did because his strength didn't lie in swords and spears and shields. And in in Psalms 20, we used to sing a song in church. Said some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And the Bible says it's a psalm. It says they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. So when you come to a situation in life, and I'll close with this today, but you're going to come to moments in life that you don't have enough money, you don't have enough resources, you're not strong enough, you're not good enough to see it fulfilled. What do you do at that moment? You have a source that is greater than everything, with all the resources, better than all the resources put together. It's the name of Jesus. And he can do what no doctor can do. He can do what no one can do. We've been there. Your mom is a is a great example of the power of God healing her leg. I mean, they told her she wouldn't be able to have children. Uh, she'd be bed rest the whole time. But there's four kids in this house, and look what the Lord has done. Jesus got finished giving her testimony tonight, didn't you? Yeah. Anything that you want to say tonight before we close? Uh, tonight in our Bible study with the, with the ladies I was with, we were actually talking about choices. A lot of things come down to choices. And um, choices we make. We like to blame or give credit to maybe the family we were born into or our surroundings or the people in our lives. But regardless of where we have come from or, or any of those circumstances, most things come down to choices that we make and obedience of things we've been taught. And with working hard and trusting God and making the right choices, it'll take you far. Ben, did you want to say something? 
Oh, Finn wants to let all of you know that there are deer and turkey outside the kitchen window. He can see them. Okay, thank you, Finn. Do you all have any questions or comments? Uh, welcome. Do you have any questions? Uh, what'd you get out tonight? What'd you learn? Did you learn? Yeah, tell them that. Say, say that. Yeah, that was good. You can obey the small things God can use you. And that's true. Lakin, what'd you get out tonight? Also, like obedience is very effective. Like, and you just trust God. Trust God? Yeah. That takes some trust God to say, I'm going to a fight, but what are you taking? I'm taking a <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> taking a trumpet and a pitcher with a lamp in it. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, what'd you get out tonight? Always trust God. Always trust God. You know, and I, I and I get out tonight is that God's just looking for a willing, a willing vessel. Willing vessel. You think it's okay to fleece God? You ever heard of that fleecing God? How many of you ever, ever heard of fleecing God? Give a thumbs up if you ever heard of that. Uh, you know, you ever what does it mean to fleece God? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember I remember one fleece. I said, Lord, if it's your will for us to go to Zanesville, do you remember that? Yes. I said, let uh, James Kirk. Yeah. Call me before uh, yeah. a certain time. Yeah, and he called my called my home and and uh, and another time. Then I laid another fleece. I said, Lord, if it's your will for us to go it's to Zanesville, just like Gideon, and God answered this odd fleece that we said. We said, Let if it's your will, do this, and it happened. And then, well, if it's really your will, just in case that wasn't just circumstance, if it's really your will, then let this happen. Yeah, and uh, we said, let the Pastor Ferris call. At 3.30, I asked well, the Lord. James was at 3.30, and Pastor Ferris was letting call before the end of the year. Yeah. Remember? We yeah. said, let him call before the end of this year, but we're not going to call him back. And yeah. he called on December the 31st. Yeah. <laughs> and left a message on our answering machine, and we knew when we got that. We thought, oh, wow. Because we had done it twice, kind of a Gideon moment. Yeah. It's really your will to do this. and Yeah, so we're human. Sometimes it's hard to trust. Yeah, making decisions. But I did fleece God. I said, let him call at 3.30. I got a voicemail that said, 3.30 p.m. <laughs> it was exactly. And, you know, when you're going to do something big for God, yeah, you stand on those fleece moments. And you say, I remember when I was seeking God and God gave me a word. Remember this. If God gives you a word, you're going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. You stand on it in the tough times that really get you through and, you know, I've heard people say, don't fleece God. Well, Gideon did. He turned out okay. And, uh, you know, I fleeced God, and, and he's answered that. God wants to bring clarity to us. He does not speak the way we speak. But he does bring clarity to us when we do begin to seek him. Say, Lord, if you really want to use me, then God, it, it, would you do this for me just to let me know if this, this would happen. We're going to pray, and uh, we're going to pray tonight and ask the blessing over this word and those that have tuned in today. We're so honored that you would take time to be with us in our home Bible study, home from our Bible study. We really are. And uh, we're going to pray. And uh, Jillian, when you want to just open up with prayer, and I'll, 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 I'll come behind you praying, but won't you just go ahead and open in, in uh, this closing prayer. Would you do that? Yes, God, we love you. Pray, Lord, the blessing. Help us to be like Gideon. Lord, to protect that which is valuable to the kingdom.
to humble ourselves, Lord, to not be self-consumed, to not be fearful, because we can't be used if we're fearful. But Lord, help us to be obedient and to follow Your way and to be aware of the times, to be aware of where we are, so we can do that what You call us to do, no matter how small or how big that task is. In Jesus' name we pray. We love You. Just a reminder, this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., also Sunday morning at 8.30 and Sunday at 10.30. You do not have to register. You do not have to register, but choose one of those services to come to. And remember, prayer on Sunday nights at 6. So powerful. Great move of God. Love you all. Looking forward to seeing you. God bless you on this, on this Wednesday evening. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.